Welcome to another episode of Three Men in a War Game. I'm Paul, and I really love when Baby Yoda blocks the fire. Hi, I'm uh, Kevin, and I like when Baby Yoda takes naps. Uh, I'm Potter, and sleep, snack, and attack. <laughs> yeah, you're the best one. The only good one of the three of us, actually. <laughs> well, yeah. you know I literally just bought my kids Baby Yoda t-shirts, and that was one of them. Yeah, see, my phone case is the protect attack snack. Yeah. So, yeah, I went to Five Below, and they had some shirts, so I grabbed them for my kids. Awesome. Obviously, uh, Mandalorian's coming back, and we're uh, a little uh, excited yes. about that. T-minus four days, gentlemen. Four days. Is, it, so is that all? Damn. Yep, Friday yeah. comes up yeah. Friday. Cool. First up. That was why I asked before we started recording. Yeah, like I get, uh, my, my sense of time this month and co- past couple months has just been terrible. So Yeah, well, I think our all of our sense of time the last couple of months has... Time soup! Yeah, it's been sucky. But today, uh, topic of conversation, uh, today we are going to be discussing about being a good opponent. Yeah! Yes. But That's always be- an exciting thing. Yeah, but before we get into it, uh, how's everyone's hobby progress going? Um, pretty good. Should I start? Yeah, I'm sure. I guess you I should usually since do. I started talking. Yeah. Well, um, might as well start with the a few, best. Yeah, a few days ago, <laughs> I uh, you had the most hobby progress. I I uh, finally received my copy of Don't Look Back. Oh yeah, so I, should, I shouldn't say finally. They like announced it a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, but that's like super like exciting Christmas morning type shit for you. Right, you know it, it was. Mean, like, it was. Yeah, when it hit my doorstep, I, you know, I'm working from home, right? So it's like I heard my dogs barking, and I like rubbed my hands together. I was like, that's it. That's my package. <laughs> And I uh, ran to the door and grabbed it. And it was amazing because, like, there's a big stomp. There's, like, a big stamp on it that was, like, uh, horror awaits inside. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And then, you know, you bust it open and there's this, like, real – I don't know. It's really cool. Like, all the minis and the, the actual, like, VHS cases that the the minis come in. And yeah, that's, just, that's such a nice touch with those models for that. Yeah, all the wood tokens. Like, I was, it, it's funny, you know, you think, like, oh, a company that makes MDF terrain, like, obviously they would make all the tokens out of wood, but it's just cool that you just get sheets of all the tokens you could possibly need um, just right there with your terrain. It's just like it was a smart thing for them to do. Very, very well designed. Um, uh, yeah, so right now I'm in the middle of painting it. I have uh, two of the miniatures. So all the miniatures are assembled. So. All in total, it was five, seven, ten, eleven minis, I guess, that I have um, ready to go. Wow! For in terms of assembly, um, and then I've got, uh, I would say, like, <laughs> if you had to like add them all up, I have four painted. <laughs> but really, what it is is I have two fully done, and then three are in some progression of done, like. One of them just needs the hair painted, and he is completely done. One of them needs the hair and a shotgun painted, and it's done. And then the other one needs some some accent marks and highlights done. But they're cl- it's close to five finished of the uh, basically the the six that I'm going to paint ahead of Halloween, which is your starting cast of five and your initial serial killer. Um, and then outside of that, I have the secondary killers, um, which are a group of gray aliens and. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre dude. Yeah, I like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre dude. Have you have you painted the uh, uh, camp counselor ranger type person yet? 
Yeah, did, right. I think that was one of the two you got done, wasn't it? Was it? Well, the yeah. So the Ranger is the fir- one of the first two I finished. Yeah, right. Yeah, because that was the one you put up pictures with, with the uh, look like the uh, the killer. Yeah. yeah. So the Ranger and the killer are done. I have. Um, Sorry, I was busy looking the two- at the killer. I. I sorry. I That's all good. That. I have uh, I have the two two of the high school students done now, um, and specifically the jock and the cheerleader are the ones that are in progress. And then Seth uh, will be the last one I paint, just because he's like a meme now. So I uh, at least a meme in the "Don't Look Back" Facebook group. So I'll I'll paint Seth last. Um, but also there is the girl who's like holding a cell phone and she has a, a, like a mini skirt and a, it basically, she the looks like girl. Cher from Clueless. Okay. Um, and I've thought about painting her that way, like with a yellow tartan. And every time I think about that, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I look at the model and go, Ooh, no, I'm not. <laughs> so I haven't started it yet. Uh, I, I'm um, going to specifically request that you do it. Yes. I'm, I'm on board I, with this, please. I kind of I, I have another like really cool sky blue theme. It won't be as cool. Sky blue and white. It won't be as cool as doing it like share. I know, I know, I know. Um, so maybe I'll do it. I just man that yellow tartan. Like if you, if you know what I'm talking about, if you've never seen Clueless, just like Google Clueless outfit or Clueless share or whatever, and you'll you'll recognize oh, yeah. it if you're a child of the '90s. Um, and that's because it's exactly what she's wearing. Like the 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 model is literally wearing that outfit. So. That's amazing. Yeah. Did you, so did, my... did you want to talk about your other good news related to the game or do you want to hold off on that? Oh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> that other thing that happened with the game. <laughs> the, yeah, it's uh, not as significant. <laughs> <laughs> so the game comes with a measuring widget, um, which is a knife. I guess I guess I just wasn't like trying to brag about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, we're, yeah, but we're too we're excited gonna make you, for you. We're going to make you. You got to yeah. talk about it. It's awesome. So, yeah, they uh, – they did a contest, um, and the measuring widget that comes in the in, with the game is actually a chef's knife. It's like a wooden <laughs> chef's knife with inch cut, so with inch awesome. notches cut into it. Um, and the one that comes with the standard game is silver with a black handle, but they made one Willy Wonka knife that's gold with a, like a, a brown wood handle, uh, and I got the golden knife. And no one knew what the prize was going to be. It was like a real Willy Wonka situation. But I won the golden knife. And what that means is I get to work with the two lead designers on making my own character. <laughs> so um, fucking amazing. Like that is the yeah, most coolest it's thing the ever. the best thing. And, I, I, so, and I, I've gone back and read the email a bunch now. And uh, it doesn't necessarily specify that the, kill, that the character has to be me. Um, I can just design a character. Oh, However, very like cool. whatever horror movie trope that I want to design, I can design one. Oh, oh my god! Do you have some ideas of what trope you want to do? I so I'm I've I'm still mulling it over. Uh, but part of me does want to like be like uh like design like an Ichabod Crane style character because that's me, right? Like tall, not mm-hmm. necessarily super coordinated, <laughs> but very tall and lanky. Um. I think that could be fun um, because that's in the spirit of the game. Right. So uh, that's probably what I'll end up doing is just like, yeah, make it makes like really long limbed six foot three guy uh, that like that like has some reason that he trips more than the other characters because like tripping and falling is one of the things that your characters can do. Uh, I think that'd be really great. But, you know, I'll talk with them about it more. They haven't emailed me to, to actually get into the design part yet, probably because they're still catching up on shipping it and doing everything they need to do. Um, 
But I'm very excited. Very, very. Oh, it's not like giving away my voice. I like freaked out when I opened it and I like lost my mind. Um, So very excited about it. As you should, man. That was that's an awesome thing to to open up. I'm I'm happy for you. Yeah, that couldn't have happened for a more perfect game for you, Keith. Right. Yeah. I I mean, it it should go without saying, right? I'm so excited. Like I bought this game. Like I hadn't even seen a playthrough. Like they just announced it. <laughs> they were like, "We're gonna show you can order now. We're gonna show gameplay videos tonight." And I was like, "Bloop!" Just count me in for the, <laughs> the full kit and caboodle because it's just my style of game. Um, also, um, my wife has graciously agreed to play a game or two with me on Halloween night. Awesome! Um, very cool. So expect us to have an episode on that uh, very soon. That's amazing. Awesome. All right. Well, Paul, let's get to you. How how you been doing with your 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 stuff, man? Um, apparently really good. Uh, I decided I, would say so. I had a bunch of of classes I had to take this weekend, and I decided that I was going to paint a mini per day while in the class because I'm a fantastic student and pay attention at all times. Uh, <laughs> um, and it's been going really well. Um, and I, and I guess before that I finished my overdrawn, I think the last time we talked, I was still working on it, but I finished my overdrawn miniature. Um, but then the first day of class, I decided to paint my Nexus operative and he came out freaking ridiculous. If I can say so myself, because it was definitely a level up paint job, um, Mm -hmm. where everything actually worked out pretty well. And when I was trying to take a picture of it, I'm like, man, I can't get this glare to come off of it and then i realized oh it's because i painted it well and it looks like it's a glare but it's not a <laughs> but glare. It's, yeah, not a glare. it's, it's paint painted the glare yep so that was that was confusing and scary but awesome um and i tried some some cool things with the with the green and it came out looking really cool camouflage on it um, so I'm really happy with it that was the first day and then the second day i managed to paint dr worm and his nurses um, you know, and, 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 and I just want to point out real quick, I call them his nurses, not because it's like an insult because they're smaller or anything like that, but they're usually the ones doing all of the work, like actual nurses. Yeah. So it's meant to be a compliment, not a, not a insult or anything like that. I mean, it's uh, an insult towards the doctor, but yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's kind of standard, <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, so I ended up yesterday, I ended up painting all three of them. So, uh, that actually got me at my quota for what I wanted to do over the four days in, in, in a two-day period. And then today, I actually started painting a, a Suryat, but I, I didn't finish him, but I got uh, fairly far. I got a lot of highlights and, and shading done on him. Um, I'll finish I, yeah, him up can't wait. pretty quick tomorrow. I can't wait for you to finish that model and decide you're going to play uh, mm-hmm. uh, Mag or Math. Oh, well, look, I'll tell you, they, uh, the more I look at them, the more tempting they are to play. And, and right now, oh, dude, if I was going to play any combined sectorial, I mean, even though I have a bunch of Shazvasti, the more at aggression forces, yeah, the, the coolest the sectorial. The looks so, so cool. good. I, I love the apes. They, they're some of the best models in the combined army. Well, I and, love and them. what I like about them, though, is that the way, you know, I'm trying to paint each sectorial somewhat unique, um, but still going together so i really like the way the green looks uh right. and throwing either in the the purple or, or yellow highlights depending on what strikes my fancy um so i think it's going to be really interesting to see all of them on the table especially when 
you know, like the Suryats can work with Onyx, which is one of the reasons why I'm painting them first out of all the, the, uh, uh, more at aggression force. So, I mean, it ends up, it ends up working out pretty well. So it's going to stand out and they're going to be unique, but it's still going to hopefully all tie together. I hope. Yep. I am excited to get my ass kicked by him. Uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to kick your ass with them too. But the other thing, <laughs> the other thing is that I'm, I'm going to be playing another game of code one with Bob and I decided I'm going to get a little crazy and I'm actually just gonna, I'm gonna play, uh, the Onyx in code one, but I'm just gonna code oneify them. Um, because most of the weapons are all the same. It just, if it's a plasma weapon, I can just say, Hey, it's an added BTS rolling on top of the regular save. And then, you know, like the stranger, like the more complicated rules like stealth or no wound incapacitation, I just leave off and everything right. else uh, kind of works the same. Yep. Um, so I, I think as long as you're not dealing with like irregular orders or impetuous orders, I think it's it's fairly easy to, to make it a, adapt. Yeah, I so, think you're good. So we'll see. I'll let you know how that goes. And then, you know, like you can start thinking if other factions you know, can do that or what other models. So it, uh, like I said, it should be interesting, but it'll give me an excuse to play these guys and, uh, maybe learn more about what they are intended to do because, uh, yeah, it's infinity. So it can be a little overwhelming. Very overwhelming. But that's my hobby progress. Cool. Well, for me, um, surprised to no one, I got nothing done. Uh, <laughs> but there is a reason why. And that is yeah, because for like, you had a good reason why for like four days, almost straight uh i basically was reading from the time that i woke up to the time that i went to bed <laughs> so uh i am oh i i may pull off reading way of kings words of radiance and oathbringer in a month and a half <laughs> man maybe. that's that's crazy maybe yeah i mean you're talking that's what probably 3500 Pages. So it's a lot of pages. Many, many, many pages. But basically, in two days, I read half of Way of Kings. I think that's what it equated to. Was about two days of of I've went for five hundred some odd pages in two days. So yeah, um, and then picked up Words of Radiance. So yeah, I'm I'm full in the Cosmere. That's why I haven't been doing any hobby. Although I did build uh, my Eugene Ninja today, the new one that just came out with him on the building, which is a sick model. Um, so I built that. So I did get some hobby progress done. Nothing compared yeah, to, to the giants that you guys are. So yeah, but I also didn't read a you know eleven hundred page book and power through the back half of it in like an hour. Yeah, well, not an hour. I mean, come on, I'm ADHD and dyslexic. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like an hour to me because it was suddenly like every 30 seconds you're like, oh, I'm this far. I was like, what? Damn. Yeah, I mean, literally one day I just, I was like, all right, I'm taking today off. And um, I literally probably just got up from bed to, you know, eat, drink, let the dog out and, you know, take a shower. And then you know, that was it. The rest of the time I was just sitting in bed reading. Man, it was so. it was it was good. It was an exciting it was exciting for me too because I got to ask you what you were doing and how far you were and all that stuff. So yeah, so and then that's pretty much what I'll be doing when I 
get off here. I'll go back and keep on go back to keep reading. Keep on trucking. Nice. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. I'm I'm excited. Mm-hmm. All right, so I guess I guess we've uh, shot the shit a lot. I guess I guess we didn't talk last week, so we had some good stuff to. Yeah, yeah, we didn't have a preamble, so let's do it. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's jump into our main topic here, um, and our main top topic this week is going to be being a good opponent. Um, and one of the reasons why I really wanted to bring this up was because there's so many times. Uh, where you can play a game and, uh, you know, it might have been a fun game, but because your opponent was a, uh, not fun to play against, uh, for multiple reasons, um, it, it could ruin your time. And we're not here to have our times ruined. We're here to have fun, right? Yep. Uh, nice. yeah. So I thought that was a, uh, it would be an interesting discussion for us to have. So let's let's jump right in and let's look at how you can be a good opponent before the game. And one of the things that I was thinking right off the top of my head is that helping to set up the game is being a good yep. opponent, right? Mm-hmm. Like it is. nobody nobody wants you to come in and and sit there and you know you're one person's having to set up the table and the other one's ending up like you know sitting around talking to their friends all night. You know, that's always a, a, a disappointing thing when, when you're doing all that work, especially if you're playing a, a game like Malifaux or Infinity where you have to put lots of terrain out. Yeah, yeah. And I know this is this is an area where I know I need to, to help in or improve in myself because uh, I suck at placing terrain and I'm always the one that makes that excuse. And I always realize it like afterwards and that's why I'm like always quick to make sure that I'm the one cleaning up the table like afterwards, because I'm like, oh crap, I should have helped even if I don't know. Let me, I'm just stop, let me clean the table up kind of person. So, like, I feel bad about that sometimes. I need to be better. And I can add into that too. Outside of just setting up the table, I think a really good thing to do uh, as being a gracious and good opponent is find out if the person that you're playing against has any objectives for that week, especially if it's just a standard game week. Obviously, we're not really talking about tournament play here. Most of what we're saying will apply to tournament play, but you have to be in a totally separate mindset. So I'm sort of talking about like your average, you know, game night sort of week. Um, And I, I think something that's really important is to ask your opponent if they have a specific goal in mind. Like, are they trying to get a game in in under two hours because they're prepping for a tournament or is there a certain list that they're or certain like set of objectives that they really want to play into? Because if they have a need that's pressing, um, it, it can be good just to look out for them because some people may not want to ask. They may if you don't know them that well, they may not be comfortable telling you that they were really trying to get something done and there was a specific style of game they were looking to have. So just checking in with your opponent and making sure of that, I think, goes a really long way and gets you into the right headspace for the game that you're going to play. Well, I, th- I think you – and I hadn't thought about that, but that's a, that's a very good thing to, to bring up because uh, if you know what your opponent is expecting out of the game, it can make the whole thing go a lot better because if your opponent's just looking to have a fun game – you know, a, a stressless game or is just really looking to explore what a specific unit is doing and you're hoping to have a pretty hardcore tournament prep um, type game, uh, those those objectives aren't going to uh, line up all that well. Yeah, yeah, I never even thought about that kind of influencing your, your game on both sides of the table. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It really does. Because if you, if you're playing somebody who's just trying to push it in because that's what they're they're prepping for, and and you were hoping for something a little more laid back, you're gonna you're gonna have a bad time, and your opponent's not gonna get what they need. Yeah. Right. Yeah. May sounds. Yeah. Even though, like, because I've gone through an exact scenario like that where we even actually talked about it being a casual game, and then it ended up not being a casual <laughs> game. <laughs> And I, we, yeah. I, and I know we talked about this. Like, I can't believe I didn't think about that when we were going through the show notes to put things together. Like, yeah, no, that's you're 100 percent right. Like, that ruins a game quickly for somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You really want to set that expectation early. Yeah. Um, for what you are looking to get. And if you set game. that expectation, follow through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, follow through for sure. But you know, you you can only make yourself not be a dick, right? So exactly. Like, <laughs> If you're listening, these are the things that you should do. Maybe you can't help it if your opponent does the opposite. Yeah. Um, but that's that's my main thing before the game. Like, main to do is, like, establish what you're looking to get out of it. Like, as an example, um, my buddy and I played N4 over the weekend. And both of us were like, we didn't play a lot of N3. We we're both extremely experienced miniatures gamers, though. Um, and we were like, look, we're not going to netlist anything. We're just going to, like come at this as true amateurs to N4 and try and build something that works and just see what happens when we play. Uh, and it worked out really well. We had a really, really, really good game. Yeah. And as we were both it, just trying things. Yeah, exactly. That, that makes, that makes such a difference. It really does. Um, and so let's, that actually kind of leads us into the, the next topic. And this is this is just kind of one of those things where maybe it's from my own experience where I've seen it and it's it's kind of ruined things for me. But that's like when uh, somebody is you know sets up a list, they net list their list or or whatever, and uh, they tell you all about the nasty things that it's going to do to you before mm. it's even unpacked. Yep, that is. I there was someone in my old meta in dc that would do that a lot and it was the most infuriating thing to have to deal with like of always walking up and always having to hear this trash talk and then it's like you feel like you know the it fuels into it too the the other player when you know you do lose and you feel like bad about it too like you know just be doing that just there's no reason to brag just go in and have fun we're all here to play a game to have fun like don't ruin another person's experience by bragging just because, you know, for whatever reasons. Yeah. I feel like here it's a it's a know your opponent thing. Um, I uh, I think I I would definitely not mind this from certain people in certain situations, but also like would absolutely hate it in others. So I think it's if you're gonna be like braggadocious about what you brought, you better know your opponent and have that repertoire with them. Right. That you're you're gonna be able to like have that kind of conversation in a like friendly ribbing way mm-hmm. and not like a you're a smug dickhead way. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was like there's there's one way of doing it like you know, your group of friends that you game with all the time or whatever, and you guys are used to bragging on each other, ragging on each other, and, and just, and like you're saying, pushing it in kind of thing when you're playing. But when you go and you've got that random Joe that is, you know, new to the area or whatever, you know, you know, curb that, put that to the side, have that for you and your buddies. You know, this person, give them a nice, enjoyable experience. And as you get to know that person, maybe you can include them later on. But to begin with, right. you know, don't do that. 
Awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I I've had that experience where where you know people told me all about the nasty things that they're gonna do ahead of time, and then I personally took plenty of joy in this man's not letting move. it happen. Yeah. Exactly. Making yeah. sure that it doesn't happen and going up from there. In those instances, yeah, please do brag. Being a bragger. <laughs> so so again. Uh, there is also that part of being a bragger. Yeah, you can get your shit punched in and then, uh, whoops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And when you're the one dismantling the bragger, please brag afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. No, don't do that. Be that, humble. Be humble. <laughs> that's against the spirit of what we're doing and it's just, you know. Yeah. I know. Um, all right. So anything else before the game that you all can think of? No, that's, I mean, really, you know, making the setup stage a cooperative experience and setting the ground rules for, like, what you're both trying to get out of the games, I think that the really important parts, for sure. Um, right. One thing I liked when I was playing, this was more for what I used to do with people that I, like, was new to playing with, was, you know, just shake hands and tell them good luck kind of thing. You know, I, that was one thing I liked doing. Um, and I don't... Maybe not right now, but... Uh, yeah, right, yeah. Don't do it during COVID. But, you know, um, yeah, and again, I don't, I don't do it so much as people that I know because obviously, you know, you know we, we know each other. We we're already probably usually making fun of each other by the time we started throwing dice. But, you know, for people that I usually don't know, is you know, I always like to try and say, hey, good luck. You know, let's have a good game kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, that's actually a good point of, of being a good opponent that way. Uh, all right. So let's let's talk about during the game now that you've all set up and you've you've helped. And uh, oh. Uh, I forgot to mention this, Potter. I was going to say when you were talking about um, setting up the table, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I was thinking of is even if you aren't good at setting up the terrain, help get the terrain. Yes. Right? Be like, oh, hey, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll get the terrain. Won't you, you know, set it up? And I do so, do that. I do. Yes, do that. I know. And that that was one of the things that I, that had me thinking about it. And then you know. Uh, Setting up the train will also, you know, help you get better at doing it in the long run. All right. So let's go to during the game. All right. One of the things that I wanted to bring up during the game, because I've seen it happen plenty of times and it's, it's something everybody does. We're all guilty of it. And that is just straight up dice blaming the entire game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bad news. Yeah, yeah. Everyone does it. Yeah, and that, well, that's just it, right? We all do it because it's a game of luck, and you're going to lament your luck, and you know you only remember um, the things that didn't go your way far more than you remember the stuff that did go your way, right? So it feels bad, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. But and this and this also, uh, I guess, it attaches to some of the things that I was thinking about for for after the game as well. Is that Blaming, constantly blaming your dice like that, uh, you're also taking away uh, the things that your opponent is doing well. Yes. That's one of the things that I was thinking about there is that if you're constantly saying, oh, my dice, my dice, my dice, then at what point is it that your opponent is taking advantage of what's going wrong for you? Yeah, um, it, it, it's a it's a tricky thing, right? And I, I think um, lamenting like a really a, a, like a crucial thing going tragically wrong uh, is one thing. But the the real thing to to not 
and you, you know, you, we sort of hinted on this for later, but the thing to really do is like, never be like, like never blame the a loss on specifically right. your luck. <laughs> like that's the, the worst thing you can do. Cause typically that's not the case. Yeah, I mean, I, cause I think it's, I think it's okay. Like if you're in the middle of the game, you know, this is more for a casual game, not more tournament, but like if you're in the middle of the game and I'll use an example, uh, back when I worked for Games Workshop in college, we had this one guy, he was running uh, three broadsides that were twin league broadsides in his Tau army. And he rolled three ones. Cool. No problem. He can re-roll with the twin link. Rolled three ones. Oh, I mean, that's okay to get frustrated. Take your moment of yep. time to com- re- but take your moment of time to recompose yourself and then come back. Now, if you're at a point where you can't recompose yourself, then you probably should think about ending the game at that point because you're not going to have fun and you're not going to have your opponent's not going to have fun. So, but it's okay to get frustrated. Those things recompose your take the time you need to recompose yourself, you know, and then move on. It, you know, I want to say that that's a little bit different than you know going. Oh, I would have beaten you if my dice just would you know roll above three or a four, you know, the entire time or whatever it be. You know, don't do that. But you know, if if you do have some bad run of lucks, like you know, there was one last game that I played where I had some really bad run of lucks, and I took a moment, walked away, came back, and we finished the game, and we had a fun time. Yeah. So, and the other thing that can help this, especially like me, like I know I'm really bad at being like, "Are you serious?" And my dice a lot, you know, or, or my cards. Uh, but the, the way that I overcome that is that I celebrate my opponent's like good fortunes. Right. And that, like, I, I feel like as a person who's playing against me, that, uh, has helped in my, like helped them enjoy the game more. Cause they know that I'm just a passionate person and not someone who's like strictly blaming my dice. Right. Like I'm also being like, Oh snap. <laughs> like when something goes their way and like one of my models gets deleted. So if you know, you know, that like being like hard on yourself when your dice go bad, uh, is a thing that you do. Um, just make sure that you're cognizant and you also do things that are the opposite, right? Work those mirror muscles. Yep. Yeah. That's actually a good point, right? Because like we said, everybody gets down on their, on their bad dice rolls. So yes, having, having a, a way to counteract that. So it doesn't feel to your opponent that, Oh, you're just bitching about your stuff. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, 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 if it's in this, cause like this is, these are games of chance, right? <laughs> so like, the the winds of fate are going to be with you sometimes and against you other times and also with and against your opponent. So like um, just, you know, not over exaggerating your specific losses, I think, is is good. But again, being in the nature of like celebrating the big swings in general, whichever way they go, is it part of what makes the games exciting. Yep. And I think I think one of the places where you kind of learn to do that is Malifaux. Like, I feel like Malifaux very much trains you to celebrate both, right? Like, to, yeah. to be like... I mean, because bad things happen. Whoa. Like, the tagline of the game gets you... I, I was about it. to say, I was like, that's kind of a very big part of the game is just having your luck just be, like, bottom out. Yeah. And, and you know, I, it's one of those things where plenty of times when playing Malifaux, I've seen, you know, people having fun even when things aren't going their way. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's part of what I love about Malifaux is that it, it is really fun, even in the bleakest moments for your game. I mean, I've seen one of the biggest guys in our area sit there and cuss and scream about how much he hates the Fate deck, but it's his main game and he's one of the most active people in the community. 
Yeah, that's a that's a true statement. But yeah, um, yeah. So I think <clears throat> I think Malifaux trains you for that, and and is a great way to. And I think Infinity has a little bit of that too, uh, because it can go such a swingy game. Wonky. Yeah, yeah. Any yeah, swingy games. Frostgrave is another one that will like really train you. Yeah, but <laughs> to, but the to interesting not care so much. But yeah, but the interesting thing with that though, right, is that that even if that's happening, you're still getting yourself to a point where. Uh, you start learning to to appreciate that, right? And and it's not so, and it's swinging enough that you can always feel like it's going to go swing back the other way fairly quick. Yeah. yeah, I think also like reevaluating while you're while you're playing too. Like, I mean, it's hard for me because I'm not a tournament player and I don't have the hyper competitive mindset. But you know, I I don't love losing either. Right. Uh, um, but I guess what I mean is like, I don't necessarily play like I, if I was a hyper competitive, I'd be playing these games on TTS and, and, you know, Vassal and stuff all the time. So what I want out of the game might be different from what a tournament player wants. So I want to like, just throw that out there as a thing. But also like, part of the reason we play these is just to hang out with friends and roll dice and have a good time. So don't get in the way of that by being a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent on that one. Yeah, no, I fully, I fully agree with that, man. You know that that I, we actually kind of covered a lot of the shit that I wanted to talk about for for. How about this? Uh, one of y'all added in rules lawyering. Me, that was me. Um, just yeah, if if you're gonna play the game, you know, obviously there's people that have levels of knowledge about a game, whether they're new, whether they're you know, there's somebody who just likes to play casually and they forget something or someone like me who plays way too many games and I can't keep the rules straight anymore and I'm going to screw up. Like, don't go to the point where you are going to rule lawyer, rules lawyer things to to take advantage of the game in your behalf. Like, that's no fun mm-hmm. for anybody. Like, making, you know, arguing is, or let's not say arguing, let's just having a debate about rules and what the the intent is and and everything else. Like, that's fine. Like, let's do that. Let's have those conversations. But being to the point where like, uh, that's a millimeter off and whatever, and doing those kind of things to where it's just taking the fun away from the game. It's not within the spirit of the game. And you're just ruining the experience for the other person just because they may not know as much of the rules as you do. Like, just don't be that dick. Like, just don't do that. It's no fun for anyone. Yeah. Uh, and again, know your audience too. Like if you, if you're playing a friendly game, like if you're not at a tournament, don't like, don't watch your opponent make, you, you know, like doing something that they shouldn't only to call them out after or like, don't like watch them misinterpreting or forgetting a rule that's going to give you a major advantage right. without telling them, especially in a friendly mm-hmm. game. Um, I mean, again, this is not a tournament situation, right? Like you're in a tournament, you need the every advantage you can. And if somebody is not doing something that you can clearly see they should, you're there's no reason for you to tell them. Um, but if you're playing a friendly game, you should like be a gracious opponent and be like, you know, and that's I'm not I'm not saying offer help either. That's like not necessarily what I mean. Like don't don't, don't give your opponent like tactical advice necessarily, especially unsolicited. But also like if it's clear that it's because of a rule that they're not understanding or maybe an interaction that they haven't considered, like speak up if you see right. It. Or like a unit they're forgetting to activate because it's in the woods and they painted it so damn well they can't see it. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Well, you, you made me think of another thing there, and that's on that idea of unsolicited 
tactical advice. Mm-hmm. And until you said it, I didn't think about it. But God, that is frustrating to me simply because there's so many times at which people want to sit there, right, and watch somebody play or playing the game and talking to their friend, but saying, oh, you should do this or you should do that. Yep. Save it for the end. Yeah, exactly. If it's not asked for, they don't want it. Or, or, or if you know the people well enough, like so. I know that I know Paul. There's been some times where you have been playing someone else, and I've I've been watching. I will ask if they yes. if, if they mind because because it may be it's a new person or they don't know something, and like I'm not trying to interfere with your game. That's why I look to you because I know you, and I'm like, hey, do you mind if I help? Or do you mind if I give some advice? Like that, to me, that's okay as well, too, because you're asking. If they say no, shut your lips and walk away or shut your lips and, you know, continue watching the game and then talk about it afterwards. But, right. you know, don't always – and if you are doing that and the person tells you to shut up, shut up. Please do. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, that's a that's a good point. I think you're, I think you're 100% right on that. Because it it can be super frustrating, right? When you're when you're looking at that, right? Um, when somebody is constantly jumping in and, and talking to you and all that stuff. Again, know your audience. I think that's going to yeah, be, a and theme. that also goes for if you're watching a game, especially if you're watching somebody else's game, right? Like, don't uh, don't jump in and start giving advice and ruining somebody else's game. Nah, no one would ever do that. No, no. And this, this goes into, I think, the uh, understanding what people are looking for out of the game. If you're constantly uh, rolling your dice and then trying to take back what you did, mm-hmm. that can be really frustrating for your opponent. Yeah, I feel that's a that's a weird one because that feels like a uh, like, you know, like ever since you learn how to play the, your first games as a as a child, right? Like once the dice hit the table, there's no take back. Right. <laughs> like this is just, it just feels like good game ethics. Uh, ta- and also like walking back something from a previous turn. Like for me, I allow, like I'm very, very, very gracious with take back. Like you could ask any of my opponents. Like I almost never say no when someone's like, Hey, can I take that decision back and move my guy back? I'm always like, yeah, sure. Until you flipped a card. Like once you've done something that's of consequence right. at that point, the decision to, to made, me is right? like, don't, don't make those decisions when it's in your opponent's turn and they've done something. You're like, Oh wait, I meant to do oh, this. Wait. Yeah. That, that's the, that's a, that's called a teachable right. moment, not a take back. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Like, but like in the moment, like while things are happening, if you've moved stuff around and then you've moved a model and then you realize that you should have actually activated a different model. Totally right. fine. Yeah, and I'll and I'll use War Machine as a as a as an example for it from a, like a dice perspective because like if if you've moved things and then you 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 you've moved your Warcaster, you've moved this model, you move this model, and then you move this unit, and you're like, oh shit! You started rolling dice for that, and you're like, oh crap! I meant to pop my feet on my caster, which was three units ago, because I need this specific unit to do something. Like that's a little like you've already rolled dice, you've already moved two other units before this one. Right, exactly. Like I said, there's a there's a um a lim- like be, I would say be gracious, but not like super gracious right. with take backs. Like you, I feel like you really need to, especially again in friendly games. Um, it's so important to like let people realize that they should have done something and do the other thing uh, up to Correct. a point. Right, I agree with that to a point. Don't let, don't yeah a, a little bit like the chess or checkers. Once you take your hand off the model, right. Yeah, exactly. Your decision. And there's certain levels to do that with, you know, like like you were saying earlier again, Kev, like 
Tournaments, 100%, probably no. You know, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Casual, yeah. Oh, yeah casual, you take your hand off as long as, like, you've, 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 like, you've activated this unit, you've moved on to the next unit, you're like, oh, wait a minute, I forgot to do this, do you mind? Like, that's cool. Like, you're only one unit away. Like, to me, that's okay. Although, even, even in a Malifaux tournament, I've had somebody, like, move a model and then consider it a second thing and been like, ooh, I should have done this instead. And I've been like, fine. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like, it, it's And it's to me, fine. I'm okay with it, too. Is like, especially, like, if you're still in that model's activation t- window, like, you move to here exactly. and you're like, oh, da, 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 da. And you're like, wait, no, I shouldn't have done that. Let me move this. Like, it's still that model's activation. Like, me, I'm cool with that. The, 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 the thing for me, so here's my thing. Right. Like I think of it like the golden rule. Like if if I would want someone to uh, if I feel like it would be fair for someone to let me take something back, I'm going to let them take it back. Do you know what I mean? Like would I want this person to let me take that back if I did that? Like if the answer is yes, then my answer is yes when they ask. Right. Um, And it it, I I don't necessarily have to think of it in those terms because I feel like it's pretty instinctual. Um, but in, ge- in general, I think allowing a person to take back decisions and not always being that person that's like, you're, you know, nope, you made a decision and that's final. You're done. Learn from your mistakes. Get better, noob. Like, that's not the way people actually get better. Um, so, yeah. But, you know, and, and, and maybe I said this at the beginning of, of this, but I, I forget now. Uh, but it also goes back to what you brought up earlier about discussing, what your expectation is expectations for the game is yeah definitely and i definitely like if you're a tournament player and you're listening to this and you're like faces in your hands you're like i can't believe this asshole like fine i don't care but that's not (laughs) the kind that's not the kind of player i am like i generally play these games to have like i you know i love marvel crisis protocol and war cry (laughs) like (laughs) like yeah i like hyper competitive games like n4 and infinite and malifaux too but like most of these games I'm into them because I'm trying to have a good time and have fun and laugh with my friends. Right. It's not necessarily like a do or die situation. It's not going to ruin my night if I lose the game. Um, and even if, if, if me letting my opponent take a mistake back allows them to win the game, like I'm not going to sweat. Right. That's, I think my temperament may have a lot to do with my advice here. Yes and no. Right. Like it, it, it's definitely one of those things where, uh, again, the expectations of the game and, and learning what you what you want out of it is is huge, right? I, I feel like that's right, a, and that's why I level thing. set. And like, if somebody comes to me and they're like, "Hey, I'm doing tournament prep," I'm like, "Oh shit!" You know, if I was planning on doing something friendly and experimenting, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to lean back on something trusted and working, so that I can give them a challenge. Right. But yeah, like you said, it's setting that expectation at the beginning. Yep. All right, let's let's get into after the game. And I think I think some of the stuff we've talked about already kind of bled into the after the game. Let's just get into breaking down the game. Let's get into talking about the game after because I feel like there's ways to talk about the game that can help both players improve mm-hmm. as opposed to ways yeah. to talk about the game that are going to be feel bads for one player or or the other or get you absolutely nowhere right and one of the one of the first things that i uh i I think of because it's something that i do i'm definitely a oh if i had done this this would have happened and then this would have happened and then this would have happened and then i get myself down this chain of events from something that actually did occur 
right to to making it into something that never might have yeah yeah it's so far down the line and there would have been so many options where mm-hmm. that's like not even possible if yeah. that makes sense right yeah you can't say a definite yeah. thing right like once you go a certain length down that chain like you can't possibly know what the outcomes would yeah, have been yeah the, like. the, right, the what exactly. if the isms you know is it's never healthy for for either person especially yourself i mean the only time like that i think it's good is maybe when you're trying to critically analyze what you did maybe internally to yourself you know you know what if you know how did, sure. how would have it maybe been different if i had done this and thinking about the game you know internalizing that and and trying to think about it and from a learning experience but from doing it from a sore loser perspective is never good for anybody yeah exactly so i think so what what are ways to talk about the game to help people what do you, what do you guys think what 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 do you find helpful when you're when you're done with the game one one thing that bothers me is so there's always like there's been times like especially when I'm learning games or if maybe I haven't played a game in a while and I'm getting back into it and I'm rusty like when people come to me and go well why didn't you do this instead of for me what would be I think is more constructive more helpful is hey have you thought about doing this part of you know maybe moving it differently this time and this is the reason why from a strategic outcome like coming at it from a more of a teachable moment than coming at it from a like, well, you're just stupid. Why don't you do this kind of way of saying it? And even if that's not the person's intent for me, that's how it comes across sometimes. Like, well, why don't you just do this? Yeah. The other thing is like, think about the specific question that you would ask your opponent. Like I don't really love unsolicited advice and I never give it. <laughs> I generally wait for someone to ask me a question. It's just, again, that's part of my personality, but I think about the questions like I always almost always ask my opponent questions and they ask me too. Right. But the, 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 the thing to think about is the specific question that you want answered. Like not what could I have done better? Like what could I have done better is a really open ended, stupid question. Not stupid. Aren't, okay. It's a question that's going to get you answers you don't right. want. The more important thing is to think back and say, Hey, was there a specific moment that you took advantage of my bad play? Or, hey, if you had set up this game, would you have maybe brought – like exchanged one model for another? Because those kinds of tactical advices are useful to you uh, and you can use them in future games. What about you, Chris? What do you find extremely helpful? Kind of more more Thor is literally the words. Speak them. Um, one of the things that helps me is, especially like if I'm new, is is going through and analyzing, you know, things just like I was saying before. Like, hey, you know, you did this at this point in time. You know, maybe a different way of better trying to do it was this. Or like, hey, I saw you brought X, Y, Z models, you know, to this game for this for this scenario. And this is more specifically for games like Malifaux, Infinity, that allow you to kind of tailor your list before the, the scenarios are played. Like, you know, maybe next time try this or this because of X, Y, Z. Like, for me, it's always, like I tell my employees, that, you know, work for me. Like, don't come to me with problems. Come to me with solutions. Like, if you're coming with advice, like, Make sure that there's like you're coming up with advice like as to and with backing up why you would do that and and give examples and things like that. That that helps me learn. And I think that it helps a lot of newer players as well, too, like to help them understand games as well. Like the the reason why you bring XYZ model to this is because of these reasons of what they can do to support your army, support, you know, whatever you're trying to the goals that you're trying to achieve in the game. Constructive, right. teachable moments. Again, staying away from from luck based things here, like 
yeah, maybe lamenting or or discussing a, a an important role that didn't go your way or did go your way. Again, not just looking at it from, oh man, I would have played so well if my dice hadn't been bad. Right. And I know I keep going I know I keep going back to that, but I feel Ugh. like that's a major trap we can yeah, it's really just, it's, fall well, into. Well, I mean in, in those moments as well too. Like so let's the the first game of Code One you and I play where your your dice were bad. Like there's just no like you were not making bad tactical decisions and things like that. But you know, even to the point where, you know, you took it as like even if my dice were rolling well, the decisions you made were very sound tactical decisions and were still smart decisions. And I don't know if it would change the game any differently. Like coming at it from that angle where it's like you're like we said before, like you're celebrating your opponent and what they did. You're you're recognizing the good things that they did and saying like, hey, even if this happened, like I think that goes in with it as well, too. Yeah. And, and again, yeah. it's because like when you think about it, your opponent still needs to take advantage of what's not going right. well. For it, you. It, it's still a game you are trying to win. And and to say, oh, man, if only my roles hadn't been uh, so horrible, I would have done, you know, these specific amazing things uh, takes away from the good decisions your opponent was making because you one of you could be having a horrible role. You know, uh, on the entire day, but still, if the, your opponent's making bad decisions, might still lose. Mm-hmm. So it's it's important to not negate what your opponent's doing well because of what's going, what luck might be going bad for right. you. So I, I feel like that's a that's a pretty important thing. Oh, I guess I guess maybe I've felt that way in the past. That's if people have done that to me, or, or I I think I'm probably more aware that I've probably done it in the past. You know, and just trying to make myself a better player. Yeah. So, and really, the other thing too that, and and I guess this might just be my my last point in general on this is that make sure you do talk about the game afterwards. Mm-hmm. Not just not just from like yes. the oh well, talk about the things that were fun. Talk about the things that were funny. Talk about all that stuff, but also look at doing that rundown because it is going to make you just a a better player overall because that's what you need, right? You need, you want to get better. You want to be a a more well-rounded player and and talking to your friends um, and, and playing all that stuff. And, and that's just the way to do it. I think personally, I mean, that goes for every person at every level. I mean, that, you know, tournament players are going to want to do that to say, what can I do to tweak my list for this, you know, New players are looking at advice for like, okay, what did I do wrong? How did I kind of learn from this? Like intermediate players, you know, again, all you're doing is making yourself stronger because if you want maybe to try a tournament out, like it's it's just good for everyone to sit down and discuss those. And I, I think for me, when I started doing that with my opponent, um, as well as or people that I know that were watching the game, um, you know, getting their advice and talking about the game, like that helped me grow as a player. And I, I think it's it's not it's not going to do anything but good things for everybody. Definitely, definitely. That's pretty much my rundown on that. So if you guys have anything to add, no, no, I think uh, it's actually. I mean, I, we got a good, concise little episode here. I think we gave some some good advice. Um, I uh, yeah, and I don't have necessarily anything specific to add. I, we covered a lot of the good bases. Yeah, no, I think we're I think we covered it all that I can think of. Uh, so one thing I am going to mention, since we're coming toward the end of the episode here, if you're still listening, um, remember, we have a Star Breach painting contest on right now. So 
the rules are that you are to paint uh, a Starbreach Warband. So consider it between 5 and 11 models. Um, please, if you can, look at the book, design a warband, send us a little story if you want to. You don't have to. It's not necessary, but paint those five to seven models of a specific warband. Uh, send us a before and an after picture of those warbands. So before they were painted and after they were painted. Um, and submit them to us at 3minuteawargame at gmail.com. We will vote on them as the three of us. And the winner is going to get their choice of a set of very sweet, very spiffy, limited edition Starbreach order dice. Uh, and also, we will give one set of those out as a lottery as well. And depending on how many entries we have, we might even get more prize support from Slow Death Games. Uh, so please, please, please submit your warbands to us. And uh, I'll be uh, giving that out on the social medias as well as in the Discord here, too. That That's a, that's a pretty good rundown on that. Final thoughts. Uh, don't be a dick. Damn it, Chops. I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to jump in and take Sorry. it. Uh, don't be a dick. Yeah, just, just don't be that guy. You know, you know yeah, we were yeah. we were all taught in school the golden rule. You know, do unto others as do unto you. Like so, if you don't want it done to you, don't do it to that man. Yeah, be a good opponent. Chops. Final thoughts. Or, yeah, yeah. Don't be. No, a dick. you already said That's don't it. be a dick. Don't be a all dick. Right. Yeah, um, I'm gonna agree with with Kevin. Don't be a dick, and you know, be kind to your your fellow gamers. Uh, mm-hmm. It helps everybody have more fun. So big thanks to all of our patrons. Uh, we always appreciate the support. Um, big thanks to Static as a City for the music at the top and bottom of the show. Uh, big thanks to everybody on our Discord. And if you're not on our Discord, come join us on our Discord. And uh, that that about rounds it out. So thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>